0: You are now tuning into the Barely Hibernating Podcast brought to you by the Blue Wire Hustle Podcast Network featuring Bear Report's own Usaid Kosho and Fansided Sam Stevenson and AJ Desai. Here are your hosts. So the Russell Wilson trade rumors are back. All right. I had technical difficulties, so we had to restart the damn stream because technology is great. All right. I'm on my hot spot right now. The Bears are, well, they're going to continue to be the Bears. Sam's back this week. I'm repping my sky blue Zach Levine jersey. All right. um, Good stuff, guys. Yeah. One of my buddies sent it to me. AJ had some bomb ass butter chicken. I had butter chicken for breakfast today because it's just that damn good. But anyways, welcome in, guys, to the Barely Hibernating podcast. Part of the Blue Wire Hustle Podcast Network. I'm your host, Usaid Koshal. You can follow me on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok at usaid Koshal. Follow my co-hosts AJ Desai and Sam Stevenson as well. They're on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at AJDesai4 and at SJ Steve9. So I tweeted the eyes emoji. I think it was on Friday or Saturday afternoon or night, whichever one it was. But we've got a big announcement for you. You know, AJ Sam and I, we've been doing this pod now for the last like five to six months we're finally beginning to take off but the big announcement is we've officially partnered with audacia sports which is an emerging chicago sports sticker company so they have all sorts of stuff for like your laptop you know they're gonna have a whole merchandise launch coming soon as well so it's a cool partnership that we've entered into go get yourself some khalil max stickers go get yourself some david montgomery or alan robinson stickers you can actually check them out audacia-apparel.com slash stickers and they're on twitter and instagram at audacia sports so we're excited to be working with them each week but guys how you doing today hmm? i am
1: ready to talk some bears i am excited i'm glad to be back let's uh, i don't know just get into it i'm i'm pumped
2: yeah man i'm excited you know Uh, The draft is only a couple weeks away. I am waiting until who we pick. If it's someone that I don't want, I'm throwing my phone right at the TV, man. Like, I am done. If you don't pick the right person, I will die. Like, not me. Like, like, I I don't want to die, personally. But I love this team so much, so just pick the right person. All right? That's it. Or, if you want to go balls deep into this, go get Russell (laughs) Wilson. Right, that's it. Like I don't care if you give up the next eternity of the Star Wars movies to go get Russell Wilson, right? But either way, you trade for Justin Justin Fields or Russell Wilson, man. It's going to cost the same thing. So,
0: yeah. I don't, target. the thing is you look at that, let's start with the fourth overall pick before we go and get into our mock drafts here. Right. And AJ is going to project our mock drafts up on screen. All right. We will get to those in a couple moments. but you look at that fourth overall pick and, First things first, let's be honest about something is um, I kind of said that the fourth overall pick was one that the Bears should trade for. uh, Last week in an article on Bear Report, you know, you look at it and you realize like if the Bears are going to get up there, they're going to have to give up like two or three first round picks at minimum. All right. There's no way that you make the jump from 20 to 16, which is I'm sorry, 20 to four, which is 16 spots up the draft board. And what you're doing at that point is just giving up like minimum draft capital. All right. That's just the reality of the situation. And so when I look at where the bears are at, right. As a team, I mean, if they're going to trade up to fourth overall for a guy like Justin Fields, knowing that you have Wilson, and Lawrence going one and two, and then you have Mac Jones going at three, which that's a lot of smoke that's actually good for the Bears, and that keeps getting louder. Now it's almost like, all right, well, Justin Fields or Trey Lance is going to be there at fourth overall, and it's just going to come down to, are the Bears willing to pull the trigger on a trade and then pull the trigger on Wolfs or Lance or Fields? Which one do you pull the trigger on? Sam, go ahead.
1: I think if you're given between the option between those two guys, I think you take Fields. We know what you have in Fields. You have a pure athlete. You saw what he was able to do when they played Clemson in the playoffs this year. Um, I like Lance's upside. However, I think Fields is more of a uh, quarterback who is ready to start his first year. I think Lance may need some transitional time. Um, I'm also concerned with the amount of games Lance has played. I think that's my biggest red flag. If I'm going to be completely honest, Ryan Pace is going to have to pull off a miracle in order to move up 16 spots. I, I think if I am the Atlanta Falcons and I have the option between either trading down to potentially the ninth pick or the seventh pick, depending on what the Lions and the Broncos want to do this, uh, this draft, or potentially even the Patriots who are at 15, do I really want to go all the way down to 20 in a year where you still potentially have a chance to be competitive in your division? You still have Matt Ryan. You have the weapons on offense. I don't know. I don't know how realistic that is. I don't know how many first-round picks it's going to take. Are we going to have to give up a defensive starter as well? But to answer your question, you said, if I'm going to pick between those two quarterbacks, give me Justin Fields all day at four. If if the Niners are fortunate enough to let us get Fields at four, I'm taking him all day. If not, I'll be happy with Lance. I like Lance a lot. But I think of those two quarterbacks, got to go Fields 10 out of 10 times. AJ, what about you?
2: Yeah, man, I'm with you. I mean, like, if you if the if your back's against the wall, sorry guys, if your back's against the wall, and um, if it goes like uh, Lawrence, Zach Wilson, and Trey Lance, because I don't believe for a second that San Francisco is going to take Mac Jones at three um, after that pro day of his. So, um, yeah, so and you got um, Lance at three. That that seems like a better fit for uh, Kyle Shanahan's offense there in San Francisco, and then it opens the door for us that the team is trading out of four, right? And that still so happens to be the Atlanta Falcons. And if we could get up to get up to four, you sure best be it that, Sam. We're going to have one of those four best quarterbacks on our team in the trap. It's not going to be Kyle Trask. It's not going to be Mac Jones or Moore or anything like that. It's going to be one of those four that are like 75% there, but they need to sit for a year before we get to see them in action. So give me Dustin Fields all day. If we can move up to four, you said, with Atlanta – that they want to trade out give me justin fields man that would make me very 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 happy if we got justin fields
0: so let's transition over from that over to the ryan pace matt Nagy pressers obviously the bears didn't stream this stuff so that was obviously a bummer for all the fans that don't get like transcribed quotes and everything you know i'm sure a lot of people saw the videos that they uploaded afterwards on youtube but it was like a typical pace naggy presser because all it was was hey what's the question and then this is what we're gonna do but ryan pace obviously keeps a lot of things close to the chest he didn't reveal a lot i thought there was one interesting quote there where he was like oh well we might essentially what he was conveying because i don't have the quote pulled up in front of me but what he was conveying was well we might draft a quarterback and everyone knows that what it is, is this, it's like, you know, for sure they're drafting a quarterback because in the same press conference, he kind of talked about how the bears believe in Andy Dalton. I mean, they pretty much doubled down. This is the second time within a matter of like three weeks that the bears have doubled down on Andy Dalton being the starter. All right. Andy Dalton said it himself which pretty much just showed that from the start, when the Bears started talking to Dalton, he was going to be their number one QB going into the season. But you look at history repeating itself. Essentially, what it is is this. Is it's just like they said the same thing with Mike Lennon and what happened Well, they drafted Mitch Trubisky. They said the same thing with Mitch Trubisky being the starter and they went out and they traded for Nick Foles. Now you're saying the same thing about Andy Dalton, which means a quarter, a young quarterback is on the way here.
1: Yeah, and and, and I think to kind of the point of what was the – I mean, I understand some of the reasons why they had that presser, but it just seemed unnecessary. Like, was there anything really that came out of it that was positive, that was moving forward from where the Bears were besides kind of what you said? You said, like, talking about the potential of drafting a quarterback. Like, okay, great. We knew that three weeks ago. We knew that even when you signed Dalton, I tweeted about it. As soon as the Bears signed Dalton, in my brain I immediately knew that Ryan Pace is going to make a move at quarterback, whether it be trading up or trying to get someone later in the first or whatever the case is. Because he's not going to stake his job in Andy Dalton. It's nothing against Andy Dalton, but that guy is not going to be Pace's answer just keeping his job. And it's not going to be Nagy's job for keeping his job here. So it just seems unnecessary. It seems like a waste of time in my opinion, but it's kind of, you know, it – it just seemed unnecessary. I'm just going to keep it at that. It, it, I think the thought is, is maybe we can take a step forward and try to get our names out there and try to try to answer questions. But kind of to use the point, like n- nothing happened that actually gained traction here. You just basically were in one spot and you scooched over two inches. So I think the presser was a waste of time in my honest opinion.
2: Yeah. I mean, like, you know, I just have the most, like, emotional roller coaster with this franchise just do something right for once and if you do then you're pretty you're pretty much set because if Justin Fields pans out man or in your case scenario you say Trey Lance then Brian Pace's legacy is cemented for the next 6 or 7 years I don't know about Matt Nagy but it's up to Matt Nagy to develop those quarterbacks
0: so honestly and let me clarify this before AJ projects our mock drafts on screen. We start breaking down our mock drafts, but I like Justin Fields and I love Mm -hmm. Trey Lance as well, you know, but for me, if I had to pick between Lance and fields, I'm taking Justin Fields every single day of the week. And I know it's going to sound a bit hypocritical because I picked Trey Lance in my mock draft, but that's because the way the board fell in the mock draft, but I would take fields over Lance simply because, Some of the best quarterbacks in the NFL right now, like Deshaun Watson, for example, all right, they have played this game at a damn high level in college. So when I look at a guy like Fields, yeah, he had the bad days against like Indiana and Northwestern in 2020, but it was also a super shortened season. So he wasn't really given a full year to showcase what he could do in 2020. But ultimately, at the end of the day, you look at the moments where the guy showed up against Trevor Lawrence in Clemson. You can't deny that. Yeah, his national championship performance, Ohio State lost, but that was more so OSU losing in the game and not necessarily Justin Fields. So ultimately, when I look at where the Bears are at, right? Like I would take fields over Lance every single day of the week, just because again, you have a guy who's played at a higher level. He's played against some of the best competition in the country and he's shown up when the stages are the brightest. And regarding all the Dan overlosky that controversy last week in terms of, Oh ESPN national media guy hating on Justin Fields. Like you'll have to understand and bears fans. It's especially important. You understand this. What First things first, let me just say this. I watch ESPN sometimes, all right? I know some certain people hate ESPN, but Ovaloski is one of the smartest goddamn people on ESPN, all right? He knows what the hell he's talking about because he's been in the league even though it was as a backup. So what Dan was saying last week regarding Justin Fields and concerns about things like his work ethic and whatnot, that was merely stuff he was hearing from other people, all right? But then he also backed it up with this is what people close to Fields have said. So teams are going to do this lying season stuff all the time. They're going to lie to try and get a prospect to fall. But ultimately, at the end of the day, like Fields is, I think, going to be the number two QB in this draft when it's all said and done.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Sam, like before, before I let you go, and then we can share our mock drafts and stuff. But you said, here's the thing, that claim about Northwestern and in Indiana Northwestern, Indiana had really good defenses. You know, Northwestern, you already know that like they're going to be stingy up there in Evanston when you're playing at Ryan. It happens all the time, dude. Like it's, it's not even a, it's not even a point to discuss. Um, the other game, Indiana, my alma mater, you know, the, the final score was 42 to 35. All right. Let me be clear about this. There's no way Ty Fry Fogel is going to have four touchdowns in Columbus next year. No fucking way. I'm telling you that right now. No way. All right, they're gonna clamp him like the slithery wide receiver he is, and Indiana's gonna lose fifty-two to seven. I know it, dude. I went to that school, dude. It, it, They—they're trash. All right, like I love Tom Allen and what they do there, but dude, like that whole love each other tradition is not gonna take you and win you a bowl game. All right, it's just not gonna do it. All right, um, but that—that—that's—that's that's where I'm coming from when it comes to Indiana and Northwestern. If you're gonna single out these games and not look at what he did in the um, in the semif- semifinal playoff football game, you're out of your goddamn mind. This guy threw six touchdowns against one of the ferocious defensive linemen. If you watch football, if you watch Clemson weekly, if you watch 60 minutes a game, that defense, it is suffocating. And Justin Fields tore it apart on national television. That's why you should go get Justin Fields.
1: Yeah, I don't have anything else to do that. Let's get to our mocks. Shut up, Luke.
2: I I love you, but shut
1: (laughs) up.
0: Yeah, and if you're in the chat, guys, what we're going to do now is this, is we want to hear your opinions on our mock drafts. So be sure to go ahead and chime in, right? But AJ, let's go ahead and get those mock drafts up on screen and get it started. And Luke is going to be very happy with the first pick of my mock draft.
1: I will say fan of the show Nico Stadler did DM me on Instagram saying that mine was the best. So shout out Nico, but I'm just saying just saying And you've received one Instagram DM so far
0: yeah speaking of uh social media and instagram right make sure you're following us in the world of social media so you can follow us on twitter instagram and facebook at barely underscore pod all right oh look we have a stream on the stream right now dude that's
2: i love i love streaming so much we lose we use this stuff for work a lot man and it's just so cool for presentations man i love it a lot I like the yeah. infinite streams that are going on right now. I'm trying to open this mock draft, and it's not opening right now. Like, okay, wait, wait, what's going on? It was, it was just opening like 20 minutes ago or 20 seconds ago. My bad, guys. Hang on. Let me, let me stop sharing it, and let me pull the document up and then share it. That's actually more clever. All right. um, Sorry, guys. Is it on the back screen? Yeah, it is cool.
1: My first follow recommendation on Twitter is uh, Bilal Nipples. Hmm.
0: See, I don't follow players on Twitter just because it's not the way I do things. But um, so here we've got our mock drafts that are up, right? Oh, look, my tweet is blowing up today, by the way, where I tweet. I'm like, just dropping this piece of info for you guys. That's a good tweet. Yeah, Bears GM Ryan Pace and Falcons GM Terry Fontenot work together during their time with the Saints. Could mean something if Chicago's trying to move up to fourth overall. And then I added more context where Pace was asked earlier in the offseason about just relationships, and he goes, he's like, oh, so you lean on relationships throughout the league, and then something that didn't seem realistic at first at the time becomes a reality. But you see our mock drafts up here, and we're just going to go left to right here, but Sam, why Tevin Jenkins at 20th overall? Um,
1: so my thought with this mock draft is, again, I mentioned it earlier, I, I don't see a realistic possibility of the Bears being able to move up that high in the draft uh, unless Pace really throws the mother load of picks in. And, again, he's a good. Uh, he knows what he's doing when it comes to that kind of stuff. He's not afraid to give a future capital. But my mindset, I did the what Ryan Pace should do. Um, so with this first pick, I went with Jenkins. I was hoping that uh, Christian Derrissaw would fall, but he did not. He went earlier in this mock. So Jenkins was the best tackle prospect available here at twenty. He's he's a strong and powerful player, man. He he's he's an absolute bruiser on the offensive line, and and, and I got to be honest, the Bears have been lacking that the past couple of years. Just somebody who can go out there and just light somebody up, and and I think Jenkins would be a really fun prospect here at right tackle. And again, the way that the board fell, he was the best guy available. I think he's better than Samuel Cosme. That's just my opinion. I, I don't think I don't think Cosme is better than Jenkins in this case. So I went with Jenkins. I think he's the right pick here at 20. I think if the Bears don't move up, they got to take the best tackle prospect available. So that's why I went with Jenkins.
0: So I went with Trey Lance at the seventh overall pick. And for those of you who know the way that the draft board's falling or the draft order, the Lions are actually picking at seventh overall. But here's the thing. They just committed – a couple of years of Jared Goff by freeing up $15 million in cap space, which means that effectively they want to build around Jared Goff. Cause again, I believe Brad Holmes, the general manager of the Lions, was in the room when the Rams selected Goff a couple of years ago in 2016. So you see here, the bears are picking at seventh overall in my mock draft. What I did was this is I traded a 2022 first round pick and then the bears 2021 third round pick swapped, 2021 first round picks with the Lions to move up and get a guy like Trey Lance. I think for Trey Lance you have to understand that this is a player who has gone ahead right he's played with two tight consistently in a two tight end system at North Dakota State University. Yeah, he's a bit raw just because he didn't really have a true season in 2020. He played just one game. But in this scenario, you realize that if Andy Dalton's as good as the Bears are hoping he is, then you have a guy like Trey Lance just sit on the bench his rookie season and then you go ahead and you let him develop. You get him the ideal um, mental reps that he needs so that he can go ahead and get a feel for the NFL game, things like the speed, and then you fully have him take over in 2022 as your starter.
2: Thanks, Luke. Appreciate you.
1: All right, AJ, you got to tell me how you got Rashawn Slater at one here.
2: I I, I got to know that is yeah, uh, that would be yeah. amazing. To be honest, to be honest, the board just fell to me. Like, I mean, I did it a couple of times, and I mean, no, yeah, I mean, like, I don't know what was going through like like PF, PFF's website when it comes to like the code and all that stuff, but like, yeah, the board just fell to me. Um, I ended up taking Rashawn Slater at twenty, which is I think is the best offensive lineman after Penae Sowell out of Oregon. Um, but if he's there at twenty and you're staring at an offensive player like Rondell Moore or something like that, I think Rashawn Slater's the pick there if he falls that far. Uh, from two, it gets a little normal, um, just a little bit more normal. Um, I took Dylan Ran- uh, Radunes. Um I know my boy say loves him a lot. Out of there, uh, out of uh, out of um, North Dakota State University, um, protecting Trey Lance's um, protecting Trey Lance. Um, so um, I thought that if we these two offensive linemen, I mean, I, I think Rashawn Slater can play left tackle, and Dylan can jump in and come in and play right guard. And then with the third pick, obviously all the quarterbacks are gone. I mean, Kyle Trask was gone, Jamie Newman was gone. I think Jamie Newman was pick eighty eight. And the last pick would have been Kellen Mond. I took Kellen Mond. Um, I don't like Kellen Mond necessarily, but I mean, I think that like with the better offensive line, I think he could play better. But like, you're just going back to what you did with Mr. Bisky. Like, like according to PFF, the guys who made this whole mock draft thing, like I, he only completed his, his this past season in college football passes not not No, sorry, not past seasons. His entire career at Texas A&M, he's only completed 14 plays over 10 yards. That's kind of concerning because he's only a guy that passes um, 5 to 10 yards. He doesn't, like, air it out, and if he does, it's pretty inaccurate. But, like, going back to the pick, you know, this is like a borderline pick from, like, round three to round four. And just like my buddy Blake Hanatho said on the Lakeshore Live podcast, um, you know, Kylan Mon's true draft position is at the top of round four or in round five. It's not in round two or three. Like, please stop fooling yourselves. It's not. He's garbage. And, so, um, sorry, go ahead.
0: Yeah. So Sam, go ahead and break down your next two picks and then I'll break down my second and fifth round picks.
2: Yeah. So what I did
1: here after this was, uh, I figured now that you got kind of your guy at offensive tackle, I think it makes sense to try to get back into the fourth round. So I did a couple of trades. Um, basically I sent the, uh, 52nd overall pick and one of our compensatory picks at 208, uh, to the Cleveland Browns in exchange for pick number 59 and pick 110, which was a fourth round pick. And then I actually traded down again in the third round with 83 to get the Steelers third round pick, which was 87 and an additional thir- fourth round pick, uh, at 140, but I'll kind of explain what I did here in the second round. So, um, I understand that AJ just broke down Mond's game, and I do agree there is definitely some concerns with Mond. Here's the thing. If this is going to be a draft this year where five quarterbacks are going to go in the first round, guys like Mond, Mills, and Trask are going to be coveted by other teams that need quarterbacks. You look at the Washington football team, you look at the New England Patriots, and you look at the Chicago Bears, even the Denver Broncos if you want to throw them in there. Those are teams that are probably going to be looking at quarterbacks this year. Obviously, Broncos are in a better position with the ninth overall pick. But obviously, like, Washington football team, Patriots, and the Bears, they're not in a great spot, and trading up could be a potential option, but it's not there. So what I was thinking is that Mond, Mills, and Trask are all going to be there in the second round. And of those three guys, I think Mills has the most potential. Uh, Here's a tweet that uh, Louis Riddick uh, Riddick, tweeted about uh, Mills. He said, he is the -the off-the-radar developmental quarterback that should be on a radar. Classic pocket passer, adequate mobility, good arm strength, exceptional touch, could be an absolute steal. What I like that Riddick tweeted about was the UCLA game at the end of the season with how he responded. Mills is a player. I really liked his game. The Bears have had someone scout Mills. I believe it was our, I believe it was quarterback coach uh, Bill Lazor, but I'm not 100% sure. Um, not Bill Lazor, excuse me. Um, but – I like Mills here. I think if you take Mills here at two, you have your quarterback that you can kind of sit and let develop in this offense. Again, I kind of want more offensive side in terms of this draft, but I like Mills here at 59. I think he's a good option here, and you're able to trade down and get him in my case. And then Jamar Johnson was a guy who just dropped, and I saw him in the third and figured this could be a nice pickup here. Good box safety, strong plays to the run, good open field tackler. He opted out of last season, so I think there's some concerns there, but He looked like a guy who was projected in the second round. He dropped in the third, and I picked him up. Bears need some stability at safety alongside Eddie Jackson. I like Johnson's game.
0: Yeah, so for me, right, I double down on offensive line here, and you guys know that on this podcast and on my other podcast, Picks for Pace, which I break down college football and the NFL draft for the Bear Report, we specifically talk about how it's a very deep offensive line class. And so it's just like if the Bears don't go with offensive line Mm -hmm. in round one, certain fans are going to lose their mind with it. But I'm going to be totally okay because you have – Some really good players. You have a powerful guy in Ohio State's Wyatt Davis. All right. A guy I think is a mauler in the run game. I think is Probably the third, but my third ranked interior offensive lineman right now. And I think that he would be an immediate upgrade at the right guard position over Sam Mustafir and Alex Bars right now. He would actually even be much better than freaking Jermaine Ifedi. But that's why I went with Wyatt Davis. And then, you know, obviously I traded the third round pick away to move up and get Trey Lance. And then the Bears don't have a 2021 fourth rounder at all this year just because they did go ahead and they did package that to, in a trade to move back up in 2020 and grab Travis Gibson. Right? The edge rusher. So, with the fifth round, right? I went with East Carolina's own Deontay Smith, and he's a really interesting prospect because I think when we look at a player like him, I mean, he's been a left tackle, the starter for East Carolina for the last two years right but obviously did not play in 2020 because of an injury but great hand usage excellent length is very solid um you know great mobility as well so he's just an overall pretty solid player who again may not be on a lot of fans radars just because he did go to a bit of a smaller school all right but deontay smith i think a solid guy that the bears can kind of develop behind charles leno jr and he can i think be even better than charles leno jr
1: uh aj we kind of have the same kind of set of fourth round picks here so i'll let you explain yours and i'll add anything yeah. if we'll need to
2: yeah oh my god you do you have benjamin st juice and really you have G- awesome. holy shit okay i didn't even see that all right um yeah i mean jalen darden you know um he is a wide receiver i can't remember what school he's out of uh, i wish that um the school was included here but it's okay no big deal i love you sam um yeah, Jalen Darden is that speed guy that can easily come in and replace uh, Anthony Miller. Um, you know, I've come around on Anthony Miller. I think he's, I think his uh, future is not in Chicago. Um, we already saw that in the playoff game. Uh, we don't see for guys like that, so he's not going to be on the team. Probably one more year and he's gone. So, I mean, if you want to draft his replacement, Jalen Darden would be awesome. And out of the ball, Benjamin St. Juice. I think Benjamin St. Juice is a guy, like, isn't, isn't like, you know, the Kyle Fuller replacement, but he can work towards to be that Kyle Fuller replacement. You know, I mean like he, he's he's strong, he's lengthy, he doesn't he doesn't really play um off the line that much. You know, I was watching watching his college football tape, you know, Kyle Fuller, you know, one of the things I really hated about him is playing with the big cushion, but it you know, it helped him with, you know, coverage of plays. But um, Benjamin um, St. Juice is actually um a little bit more faster than Fuller so he can actually, you know, track back the ball and actually look over his shoulder when he's um, defending his receiver. So I like him in the fourth round, you know, uh, Ryan Pace is out there finding his gold. And, you know, those two picks can be gold for us if you can get those two guys.
1: Yeah, I I don't really have a ton else to add. I mean, similar points that I had, so I'm not even going to try to contribute more because again, my thought process was the same for both these guys. We just happened to switch them here in this case. But um, I'll go to my next two. I'll go with my fifth and sixth round picks. Um, so in this fifth round, I went with Aaron Banks, uh, interior offense alignment from Notre Dame. Uh, Notre Dame offense alignment seems to be the offense alignment school in terms of getting prospects. The Bears have had success here with Notre Dame offense alignment. And kind of to you said's point, you can never have too many offensive alignment here for the Bears. A lot of uncertainty with certain guys. We're looking at Alex Barr, Sam Musafir, Jermaine Fetty, and, and honestly, you know, you never know what the future is going to be with Cody Whitehair as well. So. I think getting a guy like Banks was a pretty solid prospect. Another big bruiser on the offensive line, too, was part of a good Notre Dame offensive line. would be a real nice pick here at five. And then at six, uh, Trey McKitty, uh, tight end out of Georgia. I had a good conversation on Twitter with Jacob Vogel, who uh, is a Ravens guy and also a Georgia guy. Great follow on Twitter. If you guys don't follow him, you should go check him out. He's great. Uh, he was breaking down some of McKitty's game. And he thinks he's a pretty good guy. He thinks a uh, pretty good prospect. Uh, would be a nice pickup as a day three guy. Bears have talked to McKitty. I like McKitty here in the sixth because, again, you don't really know what the future is going to be with Jimmy Graham. I'm shocked that he's still on the roster just based on his yeah. contract alone. But Cole Komet's going to need someone behind him. I like McKitty's game. I think he could be a solid solid tight end and kind of let Komet kind of become more of the receiving tight end. Um, and he fell here at 20, 204, and I think those are – I think it's a good spot here, and I think the Bears should try to get another guy on the offense as well, at least with my thought process with this draft. Getting a tight end here like McKitty would be real nice because I think he can be productive early.
0: Yeah, so I have Trey McKitty as one of my four six-round picks, which I didn't do any more trading regarding the Bears' six-round picks just because at that point I felt like there wasn't enough value on the board. But my first six-round pick is wide receiver Shai Smith from South Carolina. I think when you look at this guy, he's about, what, like 5'11", you know, six feet tall, 186 pounds. I mean, so, yeah, you could say he's a bit undersized for a receiver, but he really plays scrappy, and I love that physical play style because it kind of reminds me a, a bit of Darnell Mooney in the sense We know our guy Darnell Mooney is not the biggest guy, but like Mooney kind of fought for every single inch. And essentially, I think that's what Shai Smith does as well. And then you just look at the rationale behind the pick. I mean, the guy is a speedster to me, all right? Yeah, he could get a bit better at his route running, but it's just like he did average about 12 13 yards per reception in college and he played about all four years too so this is a really solid steal here in the sixth round and shy smith that i think is a guy that can come in immediately and not necessarily be wide receiver three because we know wide receiver one's robinson wide receiver two is mooney wide receiver three four five is up in air which is why i do believe the bears are going to take a wide receiver in this draft but i will say that shy smith right now i think would be pretty solid enough to push anthony miller javon wims and riley ridley and then you look at the Sixth round, right? So the sixth round's kind of become the sweet spot for the Bears and cornerbacks because it's where you drafted Kendall Vildor in 2020 and Duke Shelley in 2019. All right. So I went with USC's Elijah Griffin. I mean, just kind of when looking at him, right? What I really like about him is that uh, he is a just. pretty solid guy in pass coverage. You know, he's instinctive really shows off in the run game. All right. And for a guy that's played in press coverage and I expect the bears defense to be playing in some, press coverage as well in 2021. You know what? He uses his length to his advantage, and he's a pretty competitive player as well. So I think he's going to be a player that really fits on the outside because it's like when we look at Kendall Wilder and we look at Duke Shelley, we have to realize one thing. Yeah, the Bears have those guys, but they were also primarily expected to be slot corners in the NFL, right? So I think this is a move here with Griffin out of USC that you kind of sit him behind someone like Desmond Trufant for a year. And then in 2022, he kind of takes over and, you know, or late 2021 takes over for Trufant fully and emerges with Jalen Johnson as one of the um, better, uh, you know, outside cornerback tandems in the NFL. And then, you know, my last two six-round picks, Sam, you broke down Trey McKitty. I think that's a pretty solid tight end there. You're just taking a flyer on a late-round guy you hope can develop into something. But then another Pick, right? And I know the Bears added Christian Jones this year, but this was kind of my last guy. It's tough, Borland, the linebacker from Ohio State. I mean, the guy's like, whatever, 6'1, 6'2, about 230 pounds. And Ohio State had a couple good linebackers this year, you know? <coughs> a lot of them, some of them just didn't get playing time, but tough Borland, you know what? He's a pretty decent athlete. All right. And he's just a really hard nosed player. So he kind of reminds me a bit of a guy like Nick Kwiatkowski, you know, in the sense that you can get him to blitz a couple times. All right. With the size that the bears have on the defensive line, including Eddie Goldman, Akeem Hicks, Bilal Nichols, you know, you had a big guy like D'Angelo Blacks. And I think that that front four is going to allow a depth guy like tough borling to really go ahead and to flourish so here it's just me taking a um flyer on a mid-round linebacker but you guys go ahead and break down the rest of your picks
1: uh aj why don't you go ahead because i only have two left and you can yeah. you can so i back.
2: got um you know obviously you said it went over shy smith you know i love that guy um, uh, not much explaining to do there since he did it. Um, you know, another guy that I like in round five, pick one sixty four, is Tommy Tremble. You know, if you end up do keeping Jimmy Graham, um, and probably post draft, and if you think Tommy Tremble and the guy off the street is more applicable than Jimmy Jimmy Graham's salary, then you can just go ahead and get out of Jimmy Graham's salary, and he can be like a camp cut, you know just when you're coming down to 52, 53 guys on the roster. So um, if you draft a tight end like Tommy Tremble, I mean, they call – they don't really – I call him Mr. Glue Hands. you know. I mean, you know, there was a couple of plays that the season Ian Book being his quarterback isn't, like, the hottest thing in the world. But, like, you know, he was able to catch some balls, um, you know, diving catches. He's got hands like glue. Um, like, as I mentioned, Mr. Glue hands. Like, there was this insane touchdown – or it was a 43 yard pass play that Tremble caught. It was deep. It was a magnificent throw by Book. I know, actually, it was an under throw by Book, if I remember correctly. And um, he came down with it. Um, he could be a service at tight end. Um, so I like Tommy Tremble there. We talked about Shai Smith. So round six, uh, this is an interesting pick for me. Um, Puka Williams Jr., um, He, I don't think he played this year at Kansas. And quite frankly, if I was playing at Kansas, I wouldn't play either. For that shit of a fucking football program, I wouldn't want to play for Kansas. Um, so so in addition to that, Baker Mayfield, that nut grab, I'm for that nut grab. I don't know why people saw that as a character issue. Um, but anyways, yeah, Puka Williams is a running back out of Kansas. He played um, back in 2019 before the, um, before the whole COVID thing went down. Um, had over a thousand yards and eleven touchdowns. Um if I'm reading it correctly. Yep. Um so he just uh, opted out because of um some family issues and obviously COVID. Um and you know his family issues has made him like, you know, a, a off the field issue. Um, you know, if your family's like, you know, a little bit messed up and like it's it's hurting your ability to be on the football field and you do some weird things, but like, you know like He's a low round pick, worth taking a flyer on. And the last two guys I have is Mitch Minette. He's a center at Penn State. Um, we need center depth uh, when we had um, Mustafir come in. And, you know, this is a guy that could probably be behind Mustafir. I mean, I just want our offensive line just to be, you know, filled with depth as possible. So I went with um, Michael Men- um, With Michael Minette there. And then last but not least, you say talked about this guy. Warland. Um, you know, one of the starting linebackers there at Ohio State, um, over 80 tackles, a couple of sacks, Nick Kwiatkowski build, um, could be that guy um, that could help Christian Jones in rotation. So that, that, that's it for my mock draft.
1: All right. So my last two picks, I just took the b- athlete available there. Um, and so with uh, my first of these last two picks, I took uh, Josh – I'm a Torb Heppy. I believe is how you say his last name. I had to look that up. I don't think, even think I pronounced it right there. But one, love the idea of getting another local kid on the team. Obviously, the Bears took Cole Kmet last year. I'd love this. I'd love the Bears to get another guy from Illinois. Uh, insane vertical leap, 46.5 inches. He's he's a freakish athlete, and it was just unfortunate that he went to a, a school that's not very well known for their football program. But I want the Bears to have some decent wide receiver depth. I don't imagine that Javon Wims and Anthony Miller are going to be around much longer. I don't think Riley really is going to really amount to much, so that doesn't really leave you with a lot of depth. And, again, this is just a flyer on a good athlete. Uh, big receiver, and I th- I would like him on the Bears here. He's he's fallen to the sixth and seventh rounds every time I've done mock drafts. I've always picked him up, especially with how much flexibility the Bears have with all these compensatory picks. And my last pick, kind of the same thing, I had Shari Crosswell from Arizona State. I believe he was suspended this year for um, – internal affairs with the team, like some eternal matter. I don't remember what it was. Um, but again, he was the best athlete available. Depth at cornerback. You take a flyer on this kid to see if he's a good athlete. If it doesn't amount to much. Ferris did the same thing with Steven Denmark a couple years ago. You're just looking for an athlete at this point, a guy that maybe you can shift to a safety position or have him maybe play wide receiver. But he was the best athlete available, and I took him at 228. I was hoping to maybe move up these two more picks, to get one more value pick maybe in early sixth round or late in the fifth but just didn't really play out that way. So I just took two best athletes I could find. Two best athletes,
0: Yeah, see, so it's interesting, and I want to kind of get your guys, is if you're listening to this right now on the live stream, you know, go ahead and chime in with who you thought had the best mock draft, but kind of you guys obviously AJ's got the most picks out of any of us. and It's because he was willing and dealing all over the place to get those extra J three picks back. But like for me, I had the least amount of picks. And I think for me, my draft philosophy was more so of just, okay, who's currently on the board. Is it worth trading down? Yes or no. And if not, then let's just go ahead and do not necessarily a best player available, but more so of a needs based, right? So, I want to get your guys' thoughts on this. kind of what were you, Sam, I'll start with you, but what were your draft philosophies when you were kind of going through the pro football-focused mock draft thing?
1: My thought process was, and again, I mentioned some of this a little bit earlier, but take the best offensive tackle that you can find at 20. Um, I think you need to find somebody who can start day one, and I think Jenkins has that ability. Again, there's a couple of guys I was hoping would fall, but they didn't. Um, and then after that, you know pretty much at this point that you need to kind of get a quarterback in the second or third round and guys were dra- dra- kind of falling a bit. So I was able to tr- trade down get back into the fourth round, which is a round that Ryan Pace has succeeded in. And I liked Mills' game. I think Mills is going to be a good developmental quarterback in this league. I think he's got a lot of potential, a lot of upside. So that was my initial thought there at two. And again, especially if five quarterbacks are going to go in the first round, these guys like Mill, Mond, and Trask are going to get picked earlier than they really would necessarily be in a mock draft board because teams who need quarterbacks are going to get desperate – and are going to take these guys earlier than they're they're projected to be. After that, my goal was really just to find positional needs at receiver, interior offensive line, and then find some guys who can compete at corner and safety. I believe I found those in Johnson and St. Justy. And then kind of my last couple of picks with these compensatory picks, best athlete available. Um, Obviously, um, some of these guys fill in some positional needs we may need, depth at tight end, depth at receiver, um, depth at cornerback. But again, I really just went with guys who I think have some athletic upside there because I had the value picks that I got in the fourth and third round. Um, I was happy with who I got in the fifth with Aaron Banks with some more offensive line depth. Really, my biggest thing was find the best guy at one, be willing to trade down, and kind of poke around the quarterback market in the second round because I truly believe if the Bears do not trade up, they will be selecting Mills, Mond, or Trask in the second round. And of those three guys, I like Mills the best.
0: See, it's interesting because like our forums on bear report, there are just some really diehard bears fans on there. And they kind of talk about how there was talk of had, because Davis Mills is obviously inconsistent and he's kind of raw. Right. But there was some talk of like, okay, had Mills gone back for another year at Stanford, would he possibly have been QB one in 2022 compared to guys like Sam Howell and Spencer Rattler. So Mills from that perspective is interesting, but I will say this, like, and none of us have kind of done this in our mock drafts, right? Like, I wouldn't be mad if the Bears went ahead and double-dipped at the quarterback position. And just what I mean by that is it's just like not just you get a first-round guy, but you have your second-round pick, which is 52, and you have your third-round pick, which is 83 or right? And obviously you could move back from two or three from your second or third round pick to go ahead and get an extra fourth round pick. If you believe there's going to be a good enough quarterback on the board at that point that you're just going to take a flyer on. But it's just like in his presser last week, Ryan Pace talked about how Nick Foles and Andy Dalton bring lots of experience to the room, right? So then that essentially brings this question up is it's just like why not just double dip if you believe you have two smart guys two smart football minds that are going to help a young quarterback then go ahead and double dip you know and if that means taking like a fields or lance in the first round but then doubling down and saying hey we're gonna go with you know kyle trask who had his pro day last week talked about how he has talked to a number of NFL teams, just did not mention the Bears specifically. Like, I wouldn't be mad if the Bears double down and did take Amond or a Mills or a Trask, or I'll even throw this out there. Someone like Jamie Newman. The only issue that you're getting with Jamie Newman is the guy has not played football in, like, what, two years at this point? And it's just like, he was at Georgia, didn't work out, went to Wake Forest, opted out of the season, all right? Then was at the senior bowl. You get the questionable reports out of the senior bowl. So ultimately, when you look at it, right, like, if the Bears double down, I'm not going to be mad.
1: Well, and and kind of to that point, you said, I actually, when I was doing this mock draft, I was contemplating taking Ian Book here at 228, because that's a guy the Bears have met with. And I think, honestly, like, you look at the Bears quarterback situation, you look at the quarterback room, who's to say that Foles isn't worth at least a seventh round pick or a sixth round pick? There's teams who are going to be looking at quarterbacks, of course. Like, get something out of Foles, because you've already wasted a fourth round pick that you could have used last year. You might as well get something out of him for trade value and get, get, I'll be fine with the seventh round pick. That's fine with me. But I, I like that concept. I like that philosophy. I have two young quarterbacks on your roster.
2: Right. I mean, like, you know, I mean, this is not, like, pertaining to the QB position, but, like, remember when the Titans drafted Isaiah Wilson a seventh overall a couple years ago and didn't pan out because he had off-the-field issues and they had to trade him for a seventh-round pick, and then he was cut by the Miami Dolphins the next day? Sometimes you just have to cut your losses, man. I mean, like, you know, these are humans that we're talking about. I mean, like, you know, just because it doesn't work out, then – I mean, it is what it is, you know. I mean, but like, yeah, I mean, we want it to work out. That's the ultimate expectation. But going back to the double, di- double dipping in the whole uh, quarterback thing, I wouldn't be mad, you know. I mean, if we got, like, say, if we picked a quarterback round one, say, if it was Mac Jones, right, Sam? Um, and then you come out and then you go out and get Jamie Newman in round three, I guess. I mean, like, I think that would piss off Bears fans a lot because uh, there's a lot of needs. But not necessarily a piss off us because, you know, if you double down, just like you said in the quarter position, um, you know, it's just going to give you more certainty. Nothing else. I mean, like I'm not asking you to do like like the first round or the third round. I'm asking you to do the first round and the and literally one of the last picks of the se- of the seventh round, just like Sam said when Ian Book was available there in the seventh round. So, I mean, if you can do something like that, great.
1: And what I I don't understand it, and then I'll go to you, you said, why would you not always address the most important spot in football every single year? Like the New England Patriots did this with Tom Brady. They drafted a quarterback almost every single year. Have any of those quarterbacks truly panned out? Maybe you could make an argument for Jimmy Garoppolo, but Mm -hmm. probably not. And Jacoby Preset is now the backup in Miami, I think. I don't even know where he is, but that's the whole point. Like, You have to address the most important position in football every single year. So if the Bears have an opportunity to get an Ian Book or a Jamie Newman late in the draft, great. Go get those guys. There's no harm. You're already going to use these picks on guys who might not even potentially make the roster, right? You might as well go and get the most important position in football. Draft a guy that you can play around with. Trey Lance is not one of those guys. He will be taken to the top 10. I but go, go get one of those guys that you're already going to be kind of spending a pick on just saying, who knows what we're going to have here. Maybe it's just a training camp body. Ian Book has a lot of potential to be a good backup quarterback in the NFL, and who knows what else he can potentially be. And worst case is, wouldn't you rather be paying a rookie quarterback a sixth or seventh-round contract to just sit and learn? And then if everything I – mean, shit hits the fan next year and you have to figure out what you're going to do with this roster, at least the new people who come in can be like, okay, this guy's kind of aware of the system and stuff. At worst case scenario, it's better than, than can keep keeping Nick Foles, bum ass on the roster. So mm-hmm. at the end of the day, like go, go and, and address the most important position in football. And that was, I think is so frustrating about Ryan Pace sometimes oh, is that he has drafted yeah. one quarterback since he has become the general manager of the Chicago bears. Like it is the most important position in football. You should draft a quarterback every single year or almost every single other year. In my honest opinion, even if it's with a sixth or seventh round pick. So to right. your point, and then I'm done ranting. If you draft two quarterbacks, brilliant. If you draft zero quarterbacks, you're a fucking
0: moron. (laughs) <laughs> so the dude with the colin no shit the guy with the trey lance comet that's actually one of my homies uh colin sapienza right so great guy go shoot him a follow okay me and him work together and we just literally dude we freaking consistently vent about this team right i fucking hate this team dude <laughs> sometimes cool guy colin actually does an impression of me saying i hate this team because y'all don't know how hard it is to have to like write about freaking andy dalton okay and Yo, we're gonna no, get colin yo, Yusa, yo do you like
2: wake up do you like wake up and just be like fuck this thing. <laughs> yeah, fucking dude. Every fucking well, day. yeah, that's fuck this my dude. favorite that's my favorite
1: message that you said does he just comes in randomly in our chat and just goes fuck, fuck this, dude. this dude. you, you guys have a
2: great day, day. <laughs> i love it i love it well,
0: it's it's true dude honestly see i bring the daddy energy colin brings the daddy energy Um, <laughs> i don't know where the fuck my other guy dan is at he's Probably mm-hmm. at his, um, well, my sister's texting me to lower my voice because I'm just screaming because I hate the stand team, but yeah, dude, um. Yeah, I really hate this team sometimes, dude. It's just like, I don't get it, bro. It's like Sam was saying. They drive, you drive one guy in seven years, and even that is the biggest bust in Chicago Bears history, right? So ultimately, we're going to get Colin on the pod here over the next couple of weeks. Maybe we'll have him on the week we have Austin on, you know? Oh, yeah. Well <laughs> lock and load on people. <laughs> dude, dude, the, load. Week that, the week that Austin's on, right? It's, that pod's going to go off the rails real quick. I'm serious. I
2: teach him how to swear.
0: Yeah, we, we were supposed to teach Sam how to swear, too, though. Yeah, guys. Yeah. Are you eating your trolleys again, dude?
1: No, I have uh, Starburst jelly beans.
0: Ooh, I want some. Starburst is trash, dude. But anyways...
1: Jelly no, beans are good.
0: I don't want jelly beans, dude. You I have beans? my... I got my water, dude. That's what Wait, I want. Where's got, your my timing,
2: water, bro? You're not, you're not wrapping it? Oh, I'm not wrapping it either. Fuck, my bad. Whatever, dude. Whatever
0: yeah so um where is i going yeah that's pretty much the message i send in the group chat each morning we should probably add colin to the group chat too we'll see about it you know depending on how he feels about our diehard bears fans you know
2: at least three people wake up and say fuck this team it's me you say and i don't know who the other guy is or maybe it just could be me and you say because we started it so fuck this team fuck this team
0: yeah but anyways uh we hit like the 51 minute mark guys so we're going to get out of here cuz you know I'm super tired there's more twitter drama that's going down tonight
2: Yeah dude
0: cool Which <laughs> <laughs> Loki I'm going to send you guys a video in the uh chat here it's going to be some pretty pretty funny stuff pretty yeah, pretty, pretty yeah. funny you know that um you can use against people obviously but um we're gonna get out of here guys so once again check out audacia sports on twitter we have a partnership with them all right follow me on twitter instagram facebook and tiktok at usaid koshal follow aj and sam on pretty much any social media platform at aj decide and at sj steve 9 all right yeah we're gonna have another great guest on for you guys next week but for now we are gonna go ahead and get out of here all right follow the podcast on twitter instagram facebook too at barely underscore pod all right give us a five star rating on itunes um if you gave us the one or two star rating then you obviously don't have your priorities in order but uh we're gonna get out of here before we get out of here you guys want to add anything last minute bro
2: fuck this team but go bearish <laughs> I was trying to dab but I guess that's out of this whole entire generation but like <sighs>
0: <laughs> anyways we're gonna get out of here because I want to produce this dude I did two workouts today so I went for my like 5am run and then my 5pm run okay so to like
2: too? I feel fucking awesome
0: i feel great dude i feel great i got like 248 unread messages on my phone right now that i just have not answered so i'm gonna go ahead and answer some of those tonight a couple of those dude but we're gonna get out of here right guys so we will catch you all next week when we will be what two weeks closer to no 16 or 18 days before justin fields is a chicago bear but peace out y'all have a good one
2: bye